welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast after dark. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, cracking some cold ones here on your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. I've got my nice piss beer here uh, with no <laughs> carbonation. My dear friend, what are you drinking on tonight? Uh, I found this in the back of our fridge. It's a watermelon high noon. Okay. Uh, look, I know it's not, of course, our favorite, Four Peaks, of course, our beer sponsor, but it's getting the job done here on a Tuesday night. Look at you. Is that uh, is that room temperature? You probably want to get that nice ice. display purposes only. I will not drink it. Now, I <laughs> fair warning, I had a, a pumpkin porter here for a while, and I drank at room temperature, um, and I, you know, depends how, how smooth this goes down. I might go to my emergency supply, but... Awesome to see everybody in the chat, crushing it as always. Welcome, Cardinal Sin 96. Michael, Mikey, what's up? Chase, we're going to dabble in some of these late night pods over the course of the season. Bo Brock, maybe talk a little draft, but you know, I thought we'd open the show today talking about Jonathan Gannon. Our boy, we love JG. We had a chance to chat with him at the NFL Combine. We're hopeful for JG. However, we're transparent on this podcast. This team has not been good in the second half of these first two games, specifically in the fourth quarter. And if you kind of read between the tea leaves of the Super Bowl last year, a lot of people want to connect the dots of, well, he's got three or four straight collapses in the second half. I'm not willing to call them collapses. I think the Cardinals situation is very different than what we saw with Philadelphia. However, Brock, it is mm-hmm. going to be troublesome if this trend continues because what do we always talk about? Halftime adjustments, right? Fair or not, talent or not, Gannon's going to be judged on that. Yeah, sure. And, and call it fair or call it unfair at this stage in his new role as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, his coordinators, Nick Rollis on the defensive side and Drew Petzing on the offensive side, who have had their respective roles in the collapses or whatever you want to call them, their downfall in each and every fourth quarter, the last two fourth quarters. Uh, it's it's the lumps that you're taking with a new coaching staff, with a new roster, with a, with a new regime. Uh, in a rebuilding team. I think that's just the ugly reality of it. And you, from what I heard today from Drew Petzing and Nick Rawls, and what I heard from Jonathan Gannon was they're not just going to take that as, well, it is what it is. We move forward or got to coach better. You know, the old, whatever the, the, the words that were put in place, at, you know, over and over again from the previous coaching staff where I heard, you know, from, from Rawls for sure today, a coach that is is approaching the the collapse the appropriate way uh, going forward, and you know they're not getting too high, they're not getting too low, they're not overreacting, they're not saying, well, they just had an unbelievable amount of momentum on the offensive offensive side of the football. Like this coaching staff, flat out doesn't even believe in momentum. I mean, they they, they understand that if you make a play, you can put a pin in that momentum is is as much as it's rolling. And I, I like that. I like that they're they're staying even keel. We talked about kind of the uh, the demeanor of Jonathan Gannon on the sidelines. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna freak out, or he hasn't freaked out just yet. He said in an article, as far as uh, you know, he hasn't felt overwhelmed a day on the job yet. And I think that continues to be the case, despite what their record shows and how they got there the last two weeks. I like this comment from Jessica. If we go 0-17, then the pressure on him seems pretty accurate. But now, not yet. And I agree with that. And I also think, listen, at the end of the day, these first two games were the were the most like, likely wins on the schedule for a hot minute, right? Washington, I know that that line got ridiculously out of hand, seven, seven and a half to, to kick off the season bowl. But like most people with a brain, common sense would say, Hey, we don't know what we're getting with the Cardinals. They could overperform here. I saw a lot of sharps in the betting scene say that, and they did. They did overperform. They covered. And then last week, winnable game at home, four-point spread against the Giants. I got back down to, to minus four in Vegas. And then they're playing at home in front of the home crowd. Like There were expectations from the fan base not only to, to have a good showing, but potentially win those games. That's gone now. Like they're a 13 point underdog this week against the Dallas Cowboys. I would imagine it's going to be something similar when they go to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. I think the expectations are going to be much more tempered, which will hopefully allow this team to fly under the radar if that's possible. Now, again, if you start stacking up losses and you're looking at 0 and 8, 0 and 9, 0 and 10, that's that's very difficult. Then people start having another conversation, which we touched on yesterday. But I do think in the short term, Gannon, second half, miscues, like 
it's weird going into games leading the half. Can I say that? Because so many instances last year, I can't recall in any of the wins outside of maybe the LA Rams game when they beat the Rams on the road, mm-hmm. wins in terms they were leading at halftime and they followed through, right? We know what the Raiders against Cliff Kingsbury and company last year, they had to come back and rally in the fourth quarter. I mean, against I guess against the Saints on Thursday night football, they were leading, but it, it got close at the end. To me, it's like this: the Cardinals don't win comfortable games. They haven't in quite some time, right? And so it, it's magnified because of JG's reputation after the Super Bowl, which is ridiculous. Kyle Shanahan has a reputation following his you know, NFC Championship game. He couldn't win the big one. He just continues to go to NFC title games and Super Bowls with the 49ers. So I, I do think at the end of the day, Bo, it's going to be something that is tempered, at least now because of this pivotal stretch. Now, do they reconvene? Does it does it rear its ugly head like midseason when Kyler's back and you're playing that soft portion of the schedule with Houston and you know some of those teams? Maybe, but I, I if the Cardinals end up winning against the Niners, the Cowboys, or the Cincinnati Bengals, like it won't matter what it looks like. It'll be the biggest upset on on NFL weekend easily, and and nobody will be talking about this. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I think I preach patience, you know, if, if they yeah. drop those three games and they fall to zero and five, I, you know, after two weeks, uh, it's, it's natural for fans to feel disappointed, especially yeah. when you felt you like you had a win in your grasp in back-to-back weeks. But, you know, it's important to remember, you know, how many variables at play and, and how many of those variables are going up uh, with a brand new coaching staff yeah. and in a brand new, team for that matter and you know when you see what what we've witnessed over the last two weeks you know the competitive games I, I think that they indicate potential from this team potential from this coaching staff to even have been ha- had leads in those two games with this roster what was the expectation now I know that you and I push back on the national media you know uh, narrative around this team but the expectation was that this team wasn't going to be competitive and they've been more than competitive. They've held leads through three quarters of both games. And yeah, they relinquished, relinquished them. And it was brutal. And it sucked. It sucked just as bad as it did when there were heavy expectations on this team. But I think what they were able to prove is that they can hang. And, you know, after two games where the disappointment of a loss certainly was there, um, it, it was also encouragement, right? That that these these coaches are at some point they're going to learn from these mistakes, and they're going to put it together, and they're going to not make the same mistakes twice, and they're going to where they had you know uh, three consecutive three and outs, right? Or on fourth and eleven they let Daniel Jones or whatever quarterback get out and, and get a big you know, drive continuing first down that was backbreaking and, yeah. and, you know, gave them a, it kept them on life support and then ended up winning that game. You know, th- those are going to change and, and the players are going to have that memory and that muscle memory. And, and they're going to, you know, I talked to Nick Rollis today and I asked him, are you going to be apl- able to apply the adversity that you learned from this past weekend to next weekend? And he basically said, at some point, right, you're going to learn from that, but not immediately. Like, we're not going to just have a knee-jerk reaction and completely change what we're doing. Like, we like what we've done defensively. You know, they certainly have to like what they did through six quarters to start the season. They're not just going to completely change who they are, but they're going to make some tweaks. They're obviously going to have some personnel changes already starting to kind of uh, figure out what the path forward is without Buda Baker for the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I understand the disappointment, but you have to – really believe and be encouraged by what you've seen. Now, here's here's what Nick Rollis had to say, and this is where you know I, I think I'll kind of hang on this. Producer Damon, this was Nick Rollis kind of talking about how everybody's kind of come together after these two losses. The cool thing was is, is yesterday, like from the coaches to the players, it was complete ownership. It wasn't thinking about could have been, what should have, could have, would have. It was how do I have to do my job better so that we can learn how to finish that game, right? And so don't look at that as a what was me type of experience or situation. Look at it as a, a learning ex- experience to where when you get in that situation, you have to finish that game. And, um, you know, hopefully we've we've learned our lesson on what we have to do to, to capitalize and come out with a, with a win. You got to love that, Johnny. I mean, it, it's, it shows that there is a commitment to improving. 
And I don't know if that was necessarily in that building the previous couple seasons. I, I think that uh, that no, <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, they would they would say some maybe even a cliche or stock response. We got to coach better. We got to play better. We got to execute better. Where it's just like it really seems like this team they're getting in the film room and they're not dwelling on you know where they fell short, but they're thinking about hey, how can we how can we continue the positives and how can we move forward from these two losses. Anybody want to check and see how the Denver Broncos defense is, is holding up with old Vance <laughs> Joseph? I think they were like second or third to last in DVOA for defense. I mean, good good luck, man. Uh, I'll take Nick Rollins 10 out of 10 times. I got a text message uh, with somebody close to the Cardinals at the halftime point when it was 20 to nothing and basically said, like, let's let's enjoy Nick Rallis while he's here because he's not going to be here for very long. And I get it. They collapsed in the second half. I still think he's a he's a budding star and a, and a future head coach in this league, and I think the Cardinals understand that. And that's not a, you know a slander at Drew Petzing, but I mean Rouse was the one. Philadelphia wanted to keep him. Gannon was able to court him here, and they just it's I think it's a combination of an experience and talent. But here's what I thought was interesting today, Bo, as I was painting the Twitter streets, I saw something and I confirmed it on a couple different betting sites. Was that you know how many Cardinal predicted wins they they had before the season? It was about four, four and a half, right? You know how many wins they're projected for this year, even after these first two losses? Four. So that's that's in a weird way Vegas saying like Cardinals weren't ever going to win these games. So it's frustrating for me as somebody who said they'll overachieve six, seven wins this year. Like Vegas basically said like that was your opportunity to do that. It's a long season; things change, people get injured, people come back, and Kyler Murray. But this is. As, as frustrating as that was, this is part of the plan. This is part of what everybody speculated in terms of the Sharps, people in Vegas saying, like, Cardinals, we're not going to win those first two games of the season. And I think a lot of that is tied to the inexperience, the fact that you don't have K1 right now, that nobody assumed that you were going to do anything. And so I, I'm cautiously optimistic, especially with what we touched on yesterday's show. Like, there's one thing to lose circa 2022 second half and you're playing the Ben Neiman's of the world and AJ green. Like you can lose like that and literally light development on fire. These, these games, I, I don't want to say they're meaningless, but they're borderline meaningless. That's why this team was, or this show is low key talking about draft positioning in December, but like Trey McBride, Michael Wilson, Paris Johnson, Jr. Keytrail Clark, all playing significant snaps. Zayvon uh-huh. Collins had a half a sack, like young players developing. That's what this season's about. And hopefully the wins come as a result. But, I mean, I, I'm so impressed with the young players on this team. And I hope that, like, I was looking up Michael Wilson projected stats. He's projected for, like, 700 yards. It'd be a hell of a rookie season. Paris Johnson Jr., we talked about it yesterday, zero quarterback hits. Is that is that good? Do you like those kind of stats? Or would you <laughs> rather have, I don't know, DJ Humphreys redshirting his first year? For right. me, it, it, you want to be able to take about 10 guys at the end of the year, 10 to 12, and say, these are lock starters. Some of them have Pro Bowl aspirations and then go into the offseason, spend a little coin, right, and have 12, 12 draft picks next April. I mean, that's that's what this season is about, whereas where Kime and Cliff and company set you up for failure was how many known commodities, known commodities in their, like, mid-20s did the Cardinals have on their team exiting last season? Like, one or two maybe? Like, that. that's about it. Like K1 coming off an injury and Buda Baker is in his late twenties and he's about to turn 30 years old. Like Isaiah Simmons. Come on. Commodity. (laughs) He's got far. What is he? 27, 28. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple more years. He's got a couple more prime years before he's in his thirties. But uh, I mean, I think one of, if if they pulled out one of those two wins, I think it would have been a a signature dub. It would have been, Hey, we're ahead of schedule. We're not, you know, this, this just, Hey, anybody could show up and beat this team. Right. But it, it, they, but I think they also proved that, Hey, if you don't come in and, and you play up to your best capabilities and you turn the ball over, we're going to take advantage of that. But yeah. to, to really take a look at all the variables that they had at play, you know, Kyler Murray out, you know, new, new coaching staff, turn the roster as much as you possibly could from one regime to the next. And then also make the mistake that, you know, I both agree on that. Why couldn't they get Dobbs in here March instead of two weeks before the season opener? If you have him up the off season. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But with all those at play to be as competitive as they have, it has to give you some hope that this team is going to surprise people and then continue on that trajectory. And then, you know, this is why I wasn't too concerned. You know, obviously you want to see your team win, right? And and it is disappointing to see them come out on, on the wrong end and, and suffer the setbacks that they did. And obviously 
uh, deal with the, the the injuries that they have. I mean, being down to Buda Baker, that's not you can't discount that at all. Uh, but you know, when you look at some of the, the blueprints, right, that have, that have, have rebuilding teams and have made their way forward and through the muck and on the other side and kind of gotten out into the the sunshine and out of the mud and the rain, it's like the Detroit Lions, right? That was a team that was 0-10 and one, 0-10 and one at one point before they won their first game and then won their second game where they blew the doors off of the Arizona Cardinals in Detroit. Right. And they gained some positive, some momentum at the end of the season. And something that this organization hasn't experienced for so long is success at the end of the year. And I think it's more important to have success at the end of the year than right now. Like, I think if you can get that momentum going and, and parlay it into a good off season. And then at this point next year, you're going to have a lot higher expectations and say, hey, you can't lose to the commanders. You can't lose to the Giants when you're up 20 nothing. Cliff didn't win games late in the year. What? Never, never, never. never. <laughs> oh, man. We love him. We love him dearly. We, we'd love all of you to go uh, make some free money here with our friends at BetMGM. How about Bet10? Get two hundy folks. Sign up with the bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook waiver through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10, 10 bones, you're going to receive $200 in bonus bets instantly in any winning, regardless of the wager's outcome. So, I mean, again, if you like free money, go do that right now. Grab your mobile phone, smart device in four easy steps. Download the app, BetMGM Sportsbook, or visit them at BetMGM.com. Sign up with, you guessed it, bonus code PHNX. It's just 10 bucks, guys. $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager, to do with what you want. I got some bonus bets immediately following my big gaffe last Thursday, uh, betting money on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I promptly blew it on women's tennis, but again, you guys be better judgment and character than I am. I, I was I was chasing that night, right? I was going for heavy favorites. It didn't work out, but it's going to work out with you with PHNX as your promo code. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Still have confidence that the future is bright for this organization, especially with Jonathan Gannon at the helm and Monty Austin for it, the one as the architect. So bright that they'll want to take advantage, of course, the best deal of the season at ShadyRays.com. And, of course, their Kierlin store in North Scottsdale. Go there. Use the code PHNX. You don't have to whisper it to the sales associate. Just tell them PHNX, and they'll give you this deal. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized shades from Shady Rays Premium polarized shades that are built to last and they look just like those brand name sunglasses but better right and they're not gonna cost you an arm and a leg they're gonna cost you under a hundred dollars uh each and every price point is well under a hundred bucks take advantage of it and take advantage of that promo code phnx save 50 percent on premium polarized sunglasses from shady rays at shadyrays.com we love Shady Rays. Uh, I wear mine all the time to work out, to drive around, and they are the premier sunglasses for not a premier price. So uh, pick them up right now. I can't wait to their, get to their location, Bo, in Scottsdale. I heard it's, I heard it's elite. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. Uh, talk to the assistant GM there. Uh, he was speaking more truth than the uh, wacko in our chat saying that the Arizona Cardinals are going to get relegated. Can we stop that nonsense? It's the NFL. They are not going to uh, remove the, one of the biggest <laughs> – Markets in uh, media markets. There are bad teams every year. Yeah, yeah, Can there we, are. It's just reality. Quit sharing. Uh, we have fifty more games. Exactly. I mean, my son told me after the game, he goes, "I wasted three hours of my life, Dad, watching that." I said, "Hey, buckle up. Welcome to the show. Welcome to yeah. be a Cardinal fan, my guy." He was living large. It was twenty to nothing. Life comes at you fast. It does. Uh, that's, why, well, that's why we love this team. So again, you had a chance to chat with uh, Drew Petzing and company. Something I thought was interesting. I thought maybe they'd make a move at left guard this week. Elijah Wilkinson has been a big stinker. He's not been good. Uh, with 30 PFF grade each of the last two weeks at left guard. But then the more I think about it, it's like, number one, they want continuity when Kyler Murray comes back up front. They don't want to be interchanging people. And then additionally, Bo, like, I, I don't think we can discount how big of an injury like John Gaines was and yeah. your boy from Tennessee. Like they, Tennessee. they, 
Dennis Daly, they, they lost their sixth and seventh offensive lineman that had some versatility. Yelda Froholt played better, but Elijah Wilkinson, man, like he's he's got to he's got to improve. Or I don't know, do they go and pluck somebody off a practice squad? What are they going to do there? I mean, Marquise, Marquise Hayes is somebody that you know I think the fan base has is optimistic about as as he continues to return from the knee injury he suffered last preseason. And, and Chase, yeah, put your super chat that we missed yesterday in the chat. We'll make sure to get to that. Yep. Uh, but you know, I was the one that asked Petsing that about the offensive line because it was kind of like. Hey, uh, any any thoughts on maybe making a change at left guard? I mean, and he, he, unfortunately, he said no. He's excited about the group. He liked how they played uh, as, as a complete unit. And you know, you look at it. I mean, Wilkinson was probably was by far you know the guy that was the least impactful. And yeah, um, now it's back to back games and back to back performances, and, and it's on tape, right? And, and you see it as far as the grades, and that's. That's where PFF is going off of. And, and you can take it with a grain of salt, but you can also watch, you know, uh, James Conner try to, you know, take the air out of the football late in the game. And yeah. he runs to Elijah Wilkinson's side and Zach Ertz's side, and they can't move people out of the way in order to get yards and, and put themselves in second and third manageable. And you're seeing back-to-back penalties from Wilkinson. I can't imagine that there's that he's playing on that long of a leash going forward. But as of right now, they're going to move with the continuity from the offense that put up 28 points uh, last game. Cardinals offensive line, like advanced metrics from our friends at PFF, they're pretty average. They're relatively average. But then you do like a deep dive. They've given up three sacks, and that was all in the first game. Like they're projected this year to be a middle-of-the-pack group, which is what we thought before the season. Like this is one of the better units on this team. And so I understand if they don't want to rip the bandaid off. Like the more I thought about it, it's like, how many times did Kyler Murray have to endure consistent upheaval and rotation of guys on the offensive line? Like I, I know K one is personally counting the days, not only until he can play, but to play with Paris Johnson jr. Who we've talked about uh, immense, but Will Hernandez is having a really good year like that. In hindsight, Cardinals didn't make a lot of moves in March, Bo locking him up on a modest two-year contract. He's somebody, I mean, if he can finish this year, healthy knock on wood, like he'll be brought back next year. Yeldo Frold hold is very much like a, a week to week project. Week one, not very good. This past week, you know, I was looking at some of the all 22. He looked good, mm-hmm. especially in the run game. I, I think this team wants to be, I know, a run dominant team. The problem is, is I think you are limited with what you can do because of the left side. Humphreys is old, right? And then Wilkinson himself is liability. And then, as you mentioned, like Ertz is over 30. Trey McBride to me, and we talked about it, and I will continue to harp on this, is somebody that needs to be not only showcased in this offense, but Let's let's call a spade a spade. He needs to be featured as the tight end number one. I know it's only two weeks, but the explosiveness, his breaks, his his run blocking, he's been cheated out of two big gainers each of the first two weeks because of penalties that are, are not his fault. 85 is one of the blossoming young targets that we, we hoped it would happen. They need to get him more involved. Did Petsine have anything to say about trade day today? Yeah, I asked about Trey McBride because not only did he shine in the passing game in his in his few opportunities, but he also was a guy that stood out in the run game early on. And he was a guy that was on the field, I felt like, more often at least to start than Zach Ertz. And he was out there probably because of his blocking prowess, uh, moving guys around. And, you know, Betsing was pretty plain and simple. He thinks that uh, Trey McBride's playing at a high level and they're yeah. going to continue to to move forward with him and, and get him more incorporated in, in him and Michael Wilson. It's just going to come down to opportunities, but so far so good. They've liked what they've seen. Um, and, you know, I think the fan base is, is, is asking for some more. I mean, look at, at the end of the day though, I mean, Zach Ertz has 18 targets in two games. It's unbelievable. Zach Ertz, I think has one of the, some of the most targets, if not the most targeted tight end in the NFL right now with 18, which is unbelievable. It's, I mean, that's uh, too many. Can we just say it's too many? <laughs> He had, he had 10 in week one. Yeah. And I get it. Like they like two tight eight, ends. eight last week. Yeah. It's hard for me to complain and bitch about it, Bo, because they're going North and South. They're running the football and they're going downfield. And I love that. There hasn't been one Rondell Moore screen pass this year. Knock on wood, but can we, they're starting to spread it out a little bit. Like Michael mm-hmm. Wilson and Hollywood Brown and Trey got their targets. Ertz needs to be living in like the, the five range in terms of targets, like four or five catches a game. Because again, you just you're so limited with what he can do after the catch, and he can't. I mean that that play. I know it was on Dobbs. He couldn't put the ball right on the money when Ertz was streaming down the sideline. But like, if that's Trey McBride, he probably catches up to that ball. Am I being naive to think that, or am I putting too much on 
on Zach Ertz there. No, I don't think that that's unfair. I mean, Ertz coming off the injury that they came off of, but you know, absolutely they were spreading the ball around. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, if you look at the final box, I mean, Wilson 56, Ertz 56, Marquise Brown 54, Trey McBride 32, and they had, you know, 20, uh, all, all, you know, all four or five of those guys had 20 yards just like early in that game. Like he was, he was spreading it early and often and yeah. the offense just like, like a completely different product. And you have to be encouraged by that. Obviously it didn't end how you wanted to do. And they got to put together, you know, the full 60 minutes uh, going forward and offensively and defensively, that's going to take a collective effort and obviously do it on special teams as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think incorporating and getting those those young bucks, your first year receiver and Michael Wilson, and your second year tight end Trey McBride involved. I think it's only going to be a positive uh, for this offense. I've got Chase's super chat from yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and read that now. Thank you so yeah. much, Chase, for the super chat. Build success by having consistent off seasons like Monty had this year. Build over time. We're in the long game now. Spending money in free agency won't fix this. And of course, that was with regard to the conversation at hand yesterday. I was complaining. I wish they would have spent just a little bit more in free agency to withstand some of the issues that they're having right now. But yeah, I, again, to sum I, it up. I yeah. was right yesterday. You were wrong. No, I think Is that, that what really Chase was saying. I think that I do. I feel better today than I did yesterday. Yeah, it was a tough day yesterday. I don't think anybody come on the show in the chat on this show and say that yesterday was not a difficult day. 20 nothing lead, 20, 28 to 7. You got to come to a podcast. Those are not days we relish. I was looking forward to our first victory Monday in what, nine months? And and that was stolen God. from me. And I, I got emotional. It was an emotional time for your boy. <laughs> you were. You, you were wearing your emotions on your sleeve. And that's why we love our guy, JV. It was, um, it was a tough day. Glad to get that in. I think it's a great point, Chase. Thanks for the super chat yesterday. Uh, apologies for having to get to it a day late, but we love to take care of our friends over here at, uh, at join us, whether it's at the four 30 usual start time or the seven o'clock after dark uh, start time. It's, it's always good to talk some cards football. You might want to put it on your calendar as some mandatory programming a week from today. Uh, talk a little college football draft with uh, Johnny and Bo potentially in studio at this time next week. So more information coming on that. How about this? It was a great day, according to Jordan P. Johnny. We need that number one pick. Well, I've got something to showcase to you, my friend Jordan P. But before we do that, to kind of quench your thirst there, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Factor Meal. So Factor Meal, they are fantastic. I've done a lot of meal plan services. Shameless plug. You know, I try to try to eat well, but sometimes it's tough, right? So I need somebody, just tell me what to do. But I don't have a ton of time to make food. I'm prepping the show. I'm hanging with the kids, right? doing your thing. My, you know, my wife's got a thousand things going on. We just want something simple and easy. Try factor meals. How about two minutes? They're ready to eat in the microwave in the oven takes 10 minutes. It's like gourmet stuff, right? It feels like somebody prepped it in my kitchen for 45 minutes, 10 hour, and then boom, it's ready to go. By the way, uh, their smoothie game is on point. They're fantastic. Like the banana smoothie is great. They've got a chocolate cake smoothie. Factor Meals, my favorite meal service I've ever, I've done them all. Name one, I've done them all. Factor Meals is at the top of the list and it's going to hook you up, by the way. Already super cheap and we're going to give you 50% off from there. Factormeals.com slash PHNX. You're going to get 50% off. That's Factormeals.com slash PHNX. Here's the code. Everybody go write it down. It's PHNX Cards 50 for 50% off. That's PHNX Cards 50, Factormeals.com. It's a robust selection. I'm on the website for like 45 minutes to an hour prepping my next week's order. It's it, it's the only thing time consuming is figuring out what you want to eat, not how you're going to eat it with factor meals. Remember you thought you were a fancy boy because you would put your factor in the oven and you were just completely wasting time. You're like, ooh, I, I eat my factor uh, from the oven. I am not just a savage and put it in the microwave. <laughs> Like you and producer Damon or producer Emma at the time, you thought that we were just like these. Then I tried the microwave and I'm just like, here's eight minutes of my life I can have back to do. Yeah, you can. You can. And I also heard that one of the uh, food giveaways or food uh, delivery services, wasn't it like, uh, was it, was it uh, basic boy where you would just get all pumpkin flavored things? Like you're, like you're, I'm, <laughs> you're... Over, I'm over this late night show. You're too loose. Button it, button it up. Yeah. All right. I will bucket it. I'll button it up. Uh, and then immediately unbutton it with our, our friends over at Wink. I love what Wink is doing. Obviously seltzers are so popular right now. Yeah. Of course, it's it's got alcohol, uh, not this one. It's got THC, and just a wink of THC 
uh, check out Summer's latest nice ice cold beverage to have when you're going out and playing. Uh, it's the perfect THC to CBD balance, that golden ratio that everybody's looking for, that equal dose of CBD, THC. It's a laid back friend. Hang out with a light and social bubbly enough to work the room. Wink. Also check out Wink's sister product, Countdown. Get ready for liftoff and uh, buckle up for the nano emulsion of cannabis-infused beverage that delivers a sky-high blast with powerful flavor. Available in seven states, including Arizona. Doesn't that sound badass? You can only get it in seven states. It's like they're running moonshine across the border, but instead it's at your dispensary where you can find 2.5 milligram in 5 milligram cans of Wink and Countdown right here in Arizona at Sunday Goods Dispensary in the Valley and Botanica Dispensary in Tucson, Find out more at drinkwink.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-W-Y-N-K.com. Um, super chat. Another one. Another one. Deuce in the chat. $5. I know we're mad that we lost two games, but we're also competitive, which we weren't before. I just want to see if we can score against Dallas. I think they will score against Dallas. I think Dallas, most of the time, and this is a byproduct of the huge spread, is that, you know, Dallas gets to play the Jets last week. They play the Cardinals. Like, you have to get up for your opponents. And I think that's part of the reason why the Giants struggled in the first half. They're sitting people thinking we can just wait until San Francisco next Thursday to crank up the intensity. Like, I I don't think the Cardinals are going to get blown out. I think this is going to be a single-score game or a single-digit game. I don't think it's going to hit 13-and-a-half. I could be wrong, Brock, but nothing that leads me to believe, based on how they played these first two weeks, and they, and they do get to play at home – that they're just going to roll over and die on Sunday. Yeah, I think at some point, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have to be challenged. And, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, we hear, you know, cliches all the time about trap games, right? And yeah. I think New York obviously almost ran into one against the Cardinals last week. And Dallas has not really faced too much adversity through two weeks of football. You've seen a pretty clean game on both sides of the football. Uh, and, and, and Dak Prescott hasn't been put in any real tough situations we've seen him been able to kind of not have to do too much for this offense yep. to be successful uh, i heard a stat that he's like at the top of the nfl as far as only eight percent of his passes are not you know um i guess considered accurate mm-hmm. there's an accurate pass um and he's he's just rolling but he's also not throwing the ball deep and hasn't had to throw the ball deep because you know tony pollard and that run game has been stout and that defense has just been balling out so you know, if the Arizona Cardinals can play relatively mistake-free football, uh, they can put themselves in a position to be competitive in this game. And then also Nick Rollis and his side of the football have to really change things up from the second half. They have to stop the bleeding, and it has to it has to start right out of the gates. But, you know, both or all three phases have to be prepared to compete for 60 minutes because if you think like Washington or New York, they, they were two teams that were able to capitalize on that it's going to be and then some the next two weeks against two you know better franchises at right now in the NFC in, in Dallas and San Francisco. Z Professor, thank you so much. Two dollars super chat. Hypothetically speaking, what if Casp we win this weekend, Bo Brock? Um, <laughs> it, it's I'm going to be really happy for the players and John and Gannon and the rest yeah. of the coaching staff. I, I in the grand scheme of things, it may not mean a lot, but every win matters, especially in a year like this for confidence, for team building, for development. Um, it would be great. Be great for the city too, especially to stick it to all the Cowboys that unfortunately are going to take over potentially State Farm Stadium on Sunday. I uh, I mean, Cardinal fans are due for multiple wins, but I mean, one against Dallas would feel special. I was at the game in Dallas when Kyler Murray week went off in week 16 a couple of years ago to, to get them into the postseason bow, and he's throwing touchdowns to uh antonio wesley with no deandre hopkins and it was it was a special performance and it is a shame kind of a sub bullet to this game is that you don't get kyler murray because kyler murray of course undefeated against dallas has never lost a game in their stadium dating back to high school that's always a special dynamic especially when you consider like cd lamb gonna play in this game super high level receiver right now in the nfl so yeah. Maybe Josh Dobbs can do his best Kyler Murray against Dallas impression on Sunday. It's asking a lot. I mean, 2-0 and in their last two chances against Dallas. One was a Monday night game where they blew the doors off Andy Dalton. Right. It was one of the greatest games in the Kingsbury era. Wasn't it, you know, Kyler completed nine passes and they won 38-10. to 10 the But defense. it was like bombs to Christian Kirk. And yeah. 
the defense played really well. It was like McCarthy's first year when they, I mean, coincidentally looked a lot like the Cardinals right now, but I mean, Kyler, Kyler Murray against the Cowboys, there's just something different that lights up in that young man. And uh, we're robbed of that this year, maybe next year, maybe like I'd love to see Kyler Murray versus Dak Prescott postseason matchup in the NFC playoffs. Um, playoffs probably have to wait this year. You never know, but we'll see. Probably got to wait. But what does that mean for the Cardinals betting odds as it relates to the number one overall pick? And if you can believe it, Bo Brock, even after two weeks, the landscape of who's going to be picking first overall has changed, and it's changed really for two franchises. It is a two-team race as we are two weeks in. Damon Dog, roll the graphic, my dude. So odds to get the number one overall pick 2024 through their pick or, or somebody else's pick, 39% the Arizona Cardinals, 33%. For the Chicago Bears, if you remember, Chicago owns Carolina's pick. Carolina looks like ass right now. They don't look ready at all. Bryce Young looks completely overwhelmed. Remember, people were comparing Bryce Young to Kyler Murray. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> and then I, I honestly think, you know, the Broncos. I don't think they have a they have a first round pick next year. I, I somebody said that that's that's the odds to get it. And then the Giants at four percent, which I don't buy, and the Vikings at five point six percent, I don't buy. So, what do you think about these odds? Pretty pretty wild. Now, obviously, the Cardinals are combined with their Houston pick that they own, right? Because I saw them split, and I think Houston's odds were higher than the Arizona Cardinals. If I'm yes, not. yes. So the Cardinals are third with their very own pick as far as the percentage to get the number one overall pick. And our friends over at CHGO Bears, my God, can I need to do it? We need to do a daily wellness check on our friends over there, uh, Adam Hogue and our guard Carm and you know, I mean, as far as what's going okay. on and, and, yeah, and how, yeah, Braggs, I mean, Braggs for sure. Th then you send me, then you, you show me that he spent $30 on Taco Bell. Uh, this, <laughs> this guy needs some desperate help right now because of how poorly that offense has performed out of the gates. And Justin Fields just does not look the part as far as an NFL passer. Uh, but <laughs> clear, I mean, <laughs> literally and figuratively, of this bad karma with $30 worth of Taco Bell. Uh, I was wrong too. De uh, Denver has their first round pick next year, but yeah, that times are tough in Chicago. How would you like to be the regime that hired Matt Eberflus? I mean, that, that is he the worst coach in the NFL right now? I think he I is. Think so. I think so. the worst coach in the NFL. I mean, there are similarities from the coaching staff that we witnessed last year in, in this Bears staff where they're just not prepared. They just aren't, you know, on the offensive side of the football, they're just doing things that just makes you scratch your head. And, you know, it's coming from uh, a novice's eye, right? Like, it's, like we don't know ball like these coaches know, and they're just making big-time mistakes. And um, and, and then the decision-making on the field, it, it just compounds everything. It's just – it's a brutal product to watch. And they have to, they have to get better quick. And do they possess the ability, especially from the coaching standpoint, to get them where they need to go. And I, I think that people who are skeptical over that, I, I, I can see why. They're already asking the question, did they make a mistake with Darnell Wright over somebody like Jalen Carter? And Wright's actually been pretty solid with him. I like to try to watch some of these other tackles, Bull Brock, in this draft yeah. class last year. Paris, I think, is the, the budding star of the group. But Wright's been been pretty solid. He's got like he's, he's a better run blocker. He's like 75 PFF grade run blocker. He struggles with pass pro, but I I actually think their offensive well, they, line they struggle with passing. Over, yeah, they can't matter. throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, like Josh Dobbs is having a significantly better season than Justin Fields. Not even not even close. The efficiency, yeah. the accuracy. Uh, Justin Fields, like the Bears are in, you want like right now we're taking it on the teach right now, but. There is going to be a point in this season where everybody kind of wakes up nationally and is like, you know what? I would much rather be where the Cardinals are at because they control the offseason. They control the draft. Some of these teams in purgatory, like the Bears have these picks, but like they just used a first round pick on Justin Fields. They just traded the 32nd or 33rd overall pick for Chase Claypool. Like Austin Ford at least doesn't have a big shit stain on his resume like that. I mean, his biggest gaffe right now is not bringing Dobbs in in the offseason, but he's not trading for Chase well, Claypool. I it mean, just goes – it goes to show as far as how tough it is as a general manager. I mean, you can pull off moves like Ryan Poles did, and you can be celebrated. But if you get the head coach wrong, if you get the quarterback wrong, you're done. It doesn't matter how much draft capital you have or how much cap space you spend in an offseason, how many people you bring in to get a fan base excited. If you can't play quarterback, if you can't coach, you don't have a chance. 
Uh, I wonder if a certain assistant general manager from Chicago that opted not to take the Cardinal GM job regrets that. Does everybody remember that? Uh, I'm trying to pull up his name. Ian Cunningham? Cunningham was offered. He was offered before Austin Ford this job right now. And he said, nope, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid in Chicago. As somebody in the chat points out, eight and a half wins is their over under this year. Like what? All those people are going to be under the Hammer gun. The this under, yeah. My, like Absolutely. sometimes you, you luck into a good situation. The Cardinals lucked in. Isn't it coincidental? The Chicago bears passed on Bruce Arians. They were poised to hire Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians wanted to bring in Todd Bowles. They wanted to run their bullshit wide nine defense, and they said, you can't have Todd Bowles. We're not interested. So the Cardinals get Bruce Arians. The Cardinals tried to hire Ian Cunningham from the Bears. He tells yeah. them no this time. They get Monty Austin Ford, who puts together just a masterful draft. Uh, and, you know, offseason in general. I Sometimes it's just, it's okay. We can, we, can, we can be patient with these moves because the first move isn't always the right move, Bo Brock. No, it's not. And if we, we were – taken into the war room and we got a glimpse of both candidates and the guy that yeah. was offered the job didn't look he didn't have command that the guy yeah. that ended up with the job that Monty Austin Fort I mean that video is still one of my all-time favorites watching Austin Fort navigate the first round trade down for three trade back up to six just mm, that that gets you going that gives you a lot of just fuel to get you through a tough season and into a, an exciting off season in 2024. As Jessica puts it, Monty knows what the hell he's doing. To have the foresight to trade down, to basically uh, take advantage of a Houston team that I don't, I don't know what they were thinking with the Will Anderson move, and I like Will Anderson. He's got one sack in two games. And then to have the foresight, because a lot of people, including myself, like I loved Paris. I'm on the record. My co-host can attest to this. That's the pe- player I wanted early in the draft. Maybe not top two or three, but I, I really like Paris Johnson Jr., I didn't love at the time the move to trade what equated to the first, like the a first round pick and pick what was it, 33, almost a first round pick to move up for him. You you have to be certain if you're Austin Ford for a team that needs all the assets and all the resources that if you're giving up pick 33 after your trade down to go up and get Paris Johnson Jr., he can't just be good. He can't eventually turn into like DJ Humphreys eventually. He has to be a top five player at his position. And his trajectory right now is the best first rounder the Cardinals have drafted since Kyler Murray and the best first round offensive lineman of my lifetime. That That's what he is projected to be. I'm 35 years old. That's the best first round tackle guard center that they have taken since I was born in 1988. Not even close right now. His trajectory is all pro. And that guy did it his first draft, doubling down, dealing back, dealing back in. I mean, you just you just love to see it. And it does. It gives you confidence he can do it again next April. We're getting it. Go ahead. In deciphering and in, in being able to scout between, you know, people had Scaranzi as the top tackle at some points. People had, you know, there, there were there were other discussions around other tackles, but Monty knew and he had his, his finger on the pulse of this draft and the direction it was going to go and said, I got to get up back to six. And he yeah. did because otherwise – that's what he was going to be left with. I don't even think they probably take a tackle if they miss out on Paris Johnson Jr. Probably not. You're probably starting Kelvin Beecham, and that's a Band-Aid. That's not a building block. Deuce in the chat, perfect transition. $5 super chat. Thank you so much, Deuce. We appreciate the support. If we win with K1, what were all our first two picks be? I do not want Caleb. He's a drama queen all the way. Michael Harrison, uh, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr., yes. But what about another one running back? I think so. I I think they're going to take it back next year, Deuce. Absolutely. This this past year's draft class for backs was seen as uh, the best in a while. That's why two went in the first. Compounded with it not being a great, great draft in general. BJ, Bijan Robinson, and uh, Jameer Gibbs going as high as they did, I think was a byproduct of how good they were, but, but how kind of weak that draft class was, Bo. But, okay, so hypothetically, I mean, for them not to have the first – to not take Caleb, they're not, they'd have to not have the first overall pick. Can we agree on that? Can we put that off to the side? Cause like, I don't love Caleb's kind of psyche if he's choosing to not want to play for this team. But I do think if the Cardinals have the first pick, whether it be through their own pick in Houston, like they're going to take Caleb Williams. Can we, do you agree with that still two weeks in? Yeah. I think that they, you have to have that tough conversation. No doubt about it. I mean, what he's been tabbed generational 
Um, he's been tabbed more poised and, and a better prospect than, than a Mahomes and put in the category of like the Andrew Luck and the Trevor Lawrence's that were slam dunks, right? So you have to have that conversation from a business sense at the NFL level with, in a cap league. You can you, you have obviously wear it for a season's time, yeah. dead money, but then you get the luxury of having a quarterback contract, you know, for the rest of the way out. And then you have to pay the Piper and, and it's probably going to be $300 million right by then. But yeah, I see Cardinals up in the uh, update Braylon Allen. Yeah. From Wisconsin. Yeah. Let's talk running backs. I mean, rocket uh, Henderson from, um, from, from Arkansas and you've got uh, Ohio state, Michigan have backs. I mean, it's going to be a deep class again. You've got th- six picks in the first three rounds including two first rounders, two thirds and a second, uh, you know, third round would be a pretty money round for them to, to find their future running back. But that the same, you know, on the other side of it, you know, if you're just adding starters on offense and defense outside of the running back position and you wait, I don't mind that either. No. And I think, I mean, it's, we got a long way to go before the season's over. James, I want to like, talk it right now. Cause it's, he's, he's going to be great. Um, let me ask you this. We weren't doing the show together when Najee Harris was rumored to go to this team 16th overall, and they almost took him. Like, over, like had Zayvon Collins not, not been available, they would have taken Najee Harris. I have that source, 16th overall. What, what were your thoughts on Najee Harris? Because he, in hindsight, has not been a good pick for the Steelers. He looks really average. He's averaging under four yards per carry as a career. And I asked you that, Bo, because I'm like – the kind of person, if if I think he's a special back in the backhand of the first round, like I'm okay with taking a running back, but man, it, it is such a crapshoot because you watch Najee Harris at Alabama and like he was a better player at Alabama than Jameer Gibbs was. But if you watch Jameer Gibbs, he's a better NFL player. Like that's yeah. the most difficult aspect is watching a guy on Saturdays project to the NFL. Who, not who was the best college player, who had the best statistics, but how do you, it's when we're at the combine every year and we watch those guys work out, they're looking for how are they going to translate to professional football, and it's it's hard. It's really hard. But were you in on on Najee Harris in the first round that year or no? I don't believe so. I I don't know. And, and, and let's see, like you have some hidden receipts that I don't know about. I I don't believe so. I don't think I've ever been on like team running back in the first. Like it, it obviously, be, and I'm not saying like I was on the trend of of anti running backs. Like yeah as far as what they were going to be making as soon as they came in the league and, and what teams are paying running backs and, and where you can find value later in the draft, or you can find guys sometimes that aren't in the drafts. Uh, I mean, you're, you're seeing across the league and guys that are making an impact. You don't need to, to overspend your first round draft pick on a running back in order to keep and have a, an impactful and quality run game. hundred uh, percent. Um, I, I do think the Cardinals will take a back next year. How about this, though? This isn't a running back. Red Dog, $5 super chat. Bo Brock, quarterback, Drake May, he's a Tar Heel from UNC, is as good as Caleb Williams without the drama. Um, I'll let you answer that first. Well, that, it's not really a question, but we're going we're gonna to treat it like a question, Red Dog. I'm going to say false. Is that is it a true or false question? Uh, yes. I would say false. I mean, Cl- Caleb Williams is – I think he's – there's a there's a big gap between him and Drake May, but Drake May Drake May projects as an NFL quarterback, and he's he's got some things that you like, but he's not a generational talent like Caleb Williams. But look, I mean, there are people that love Drake May, and and I can understand it—the size, the arm strength, the athleticism—and uh, you look at what Monty Austinfort, how just early insights into what he likes looks like from from a quarterback. He loves the size. He, I mean, it, if. if I mean, he looks like Clayton Toon, but a more polished Clay, Clayton Toon at the college level than Drake May. So, I mean, maybe and I wouldn't be so shocked if Monty Osfort liked Drake May. I don't want to watch Drake May. I have been this year for that reason alone. Like, I, like, could I fast forward and see a scenario? We've already talked about it. Like, they're going to work out Drake May, assuming they have, like, a top five pick next year through somebody. They're going to work out Drake May. They're going to be at Drake May's pro day at UNC. Cardinal, you're going to see that affiliation with the Cardinals. Like, they're going to be in that ballpark. Like, do I think they should take him? How does Kyler Murray look this year, right? Does, is, is Drake May Jake Locker, or is he Justin Herbert, right? Why why can't he score a touchdown in four quarters against Appalachian State? People are like, well, it's a supporting cast. His running back ran for 200 yards that game. Like, I think his supporting cast is pretty solid. I don't want to hear about supporting cast at the college level 
when you're playing Appalachian State and people in the ACC. Caleb Williams, I was on the quarterback room with J.T. O'Sullivan. He does a great job, and he had a pretty hot take. We're trying to get the clip from it. J.T. O'Sullivan told me to my face that Caleb Williams does everything better than Kyler Murray right now. Now, I don't agree with that, and I told him that, but just think about that, that NFL evaluators that evaluate the quarterback position. He said, I said, projects, and he said, no, he's he does everything superior to Kyler Murray right now. So, I mean, that's how people in the know that study film, that watch tape, are, are talking about this kid. And I'm with you. I like I hate the mindset of his father. I hate that. And it's not just because yeah. it's our market. And who, who knows? He could be talking about Chicago. He could be talking about another market, too. But, like, that's I'm, that's not my jam, right? But I asked JT O'Sullivan, well, what about Joe Burrow? And, and what about Trevor Lawrence? And he was adamant that nobody has had the kind of leverage that Caleb Williams will have. And I, I do think that that's inarguable. I think he's going to have some leverage. Mm-hmm. But it would be a horrific look for the NFL for him to be able to pick his spot because the NFL, where it is far superior than every other sport, especially basketball with the lottery system is, if you are bad, we're going to do our best to try to get you good ASAP. We're going to give you the first pick so you can change the fortunes of your franchise with your fan base. And if the Cardinals have the first pick this year, I would imagine that's going to be because Kyler Murray took some L's this year. Kyler Murray played 10 games and maybe only won one of them or two of them. I don't think that's going to happen, though. So long story short, I would not take Drake May today. But to Bo's point, I I would not be surprised if they liked Drake May. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence on him. But I don't think – I think the the, uh, debate comes easier, right? If you're you're staring down a future with – Kyler Murray or Drake May, I think you move forward with Kyler Murray and you invest the draft capital in other position. Here's a really interesting point. I just want to bring up quickly. We're going to know that situation before the draft. Like it's not going to be Kyler Murray's. Oh, they're going to have to. Right. It's either Kyler Murray's on this team or they're taking a quarterback in the first round. They're going to have to make a decision uh, before the new league year, I believe. I I think as far as in order to eat, the, the least amount of dead cap money. It, the decision has to be made before mid-March. I don't think we're talking enough about that. Like the fact that they have to basically show their hand to the rest of the NFL. Like we're either, he's either our guy and you would assume they would announce that like at the end of the season wrap up press conference, or we're going to trade him or move off of it. And I don't think they're going to lean that way, but man, like they, they, if they move on from Kyler, they trade him before the league year or they cut him. God forbid, like, they're taking a, they're taking one of these quarterbacks. They're they're going to do that. So that's why we have to talk about it. Man, that's crazy. That's that's absolutely crazy that we're going to have an answer for this well before April. It's then it just becomes who are they going to take if they don't have the first overall pick. Let's go back to our guy Red Dog. Another five dollar super chat. Thank you so much with this one. Uh, I'm still a Kyler Murray fan. If he's a hundred percent bought in, and look that. All signs are pointing to Kyler Murray, JG, uh, budding bromance. Those yep. guys are they're chatting together all throughout practice. Kyler Murray has shown everything that you want to see from a guy that is completely rebought into his organization that drafted him in the 2019 draft, number one overall. Uh, he seems to seem things seem to be clicking with him. I can't wait to see it kind of put into motion once he becomes healthy enough to get back on the playing field, and we'll see. You know. We're two weeks in the season. That means we're two weeks away from, you know, potential decision on, on Kyler Murray and him being eligible to come off of pop. Think about how bad the Cardinals were in 2018 and how good Kyler Murray looked right away. And then look at some of these rookie quarterbacks this year that are really having a tough time. Like Bryce Young is not in the same league as Kyler Murray was when he came out of Oklahoma. Not even close. Go back and watch that second half against the Lions, that game against the Ravens. That game against Atlanta at home, the, some of the throws Kyler Murray was making, go, then go turn on Bryce Young, who not a comparable arm, not even in the same ballpark as mobility. Like everybody loves to throw around comparisons and this guy's better and that. Like Drake May today is not a, a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Is he going to be in five years? That's the question Cardinals are going to have to ask. I've got a question for you guys. Um, do you guys know where you're picking your survivor pools? I'm going to tell you it's with Splash Sports. It's the Pick X PHNX Weekly Survival Contest for the NFL for real money. Super easy to get started. Go to splashsports.com slash PHNX. Sign up in the link below. Like this video, by the way, and then deposit just five bones to enter. You can win big money and larger prizes every week. 
weekly contest. So if you waited to sign up, don't get in there now. You can pick up where you left off. Want to run a contest? If you got some friends, do it. Tired of being a commissioner, chasing people down? You can be a commissioner through our link, and you're already in the running with a bunch of other people. So it's plug and play, baby. Head to splashsports.com slash phnx to join. We'll have different contests coming out. So again, super stoked for you to compete. Make sure, again, you're checking out the link in the show description, Bo. Absolutely. And uh, we had a great little kind of outing today with the crew over at PHNX. It was great. We were at the Majestic in Tempe, caught a movie there, watched one of the new flicks out there. I don't even remember the name, but the movie theater accommodations were great. And our guy, uh, our, our, our guys were enjoying some OGs. I mean, just like you would eat some popcorn and some candy and some soda, uh, some of the crew were popping some OGs gummies. They're delicious. And, of course, they're going to put you in the right mood just for taking in a flick. Uh, of course, you want to check out the multi-flavor bags. Figure it out if you're a fruit or you're a cream guy or gal. Do you like the red apple or do you like the cream, the orange cream sickle? Or do you like the watermelon or do you like the peach or the peaches and cream? figure out but they're all hall of fame flavors all in one place fruits and the cream both uh, that sunny sativa that mellow indica blend allowing you to customize your og's experience based on your mood time of the day they've got the sleep time gummies as well check out our friends over at og's brands for yourself find out all their delicious flavors their incredible product line ogsbrands.com follow them on your socials at og's brands find them in your local dispensary got to be 21 years or older uh, Johnny, it was a celebration of PHNX being in the Valley of the Sun for two years. It was exciting. And we got a message from our guy, Frank Sanders, wishing us all the best of luck. It was great to see uh, from one of the Arizona Cardinals' greatest wide receivers uh, a message from our good friend, Frank Sanders. He's doing well. Uh, we will see him in the future at some point on, on future episodes of PHNX Cardinals. It was great to see Frank. Frank Sanders, uh, instrumental part of helping to build this show in the early stages. Uh, so indebted to Mr. Frank Sanders, number 81. Hope to have him back as uh, as soon as we can. Hope to have you guys check out gophnx.com. Become a diehard. No better time. Pick up a free hat and or shirt with every single year-long membership. 90% of the content, unlike some of these competitor sites, is for free at gophnx.com. I put our content written otherwise against anybody. Check out Gerald Borgay's Phoenix Suns preview that's right around the corner. 35 days, number 35 for uh, Kevin Durant until the season opener, which is just crazy. And then our guy, Howard Balzer, the PHNX beat reporter, is uh, crushing it. Rapid reaction uh, article from Sunday night. Don't want to miss it. You don't want to forget to drop a like on the show. Uh, listen, we're going to get through these tough times. We're going to do it with shows like this. You know, I may go back and read old articles that said Paris Johnson Jr. only had 14 surrender pressures and like 700 snaps at Ohio State. That's what's getting me through this season with the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, hopefully we've been able to provide a little fun here. Again, mark it on the calendar a week from today, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. PHNX Cardinals Prospects, the debut episode. Myself, Bo Brock in studio, draft talk, college football talk. I don't know, a certain Heisman Trophy winner visits the Valley this weekend. It's a lot of stuff going on. But, Bo Brock, uh, I think now we can truly enter Cowboys Week with the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. Talk to Petsing and Rawlis, and they started breaking down the, the respective side of the football that they're going to see from Dallas. And Drew Petsing was basically like, I don't know if there is a solution to Micah Parsons right now, but he's somebody you're going to have to focus on as an offense. His number 11 is disruptive. And then you talk to Rawlis, and he's looking at C.D. Lamb. He's looking at Dak Prescott. He's looking at Tony Pollard. And that three-headed monster on that offense uh, it is going to be a tough week three opponent for the Arizona Cardinals. They're rolling right now. Uh, and you want to go to that game. We've got an opportunity to win a pair of tickets as well to that game. So make sure you're checking out. Damon, do we have the details on that? We could throw up on the screen uh, about, yeah, there's our ticket giveaway to the uh, upcoming game at the Cardinals against the Dallas Cowboys. Drawing will be during the Friday episode of PHNX Cardinals on September 22nd. If you are watching the show, scan the QR code to sign up for our daily newsletter and be entered to win. So if you're listening to the podcast, go to the YouTube show, PHNX Sports, and you can find the QR code. and You can get your ass to the game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, big thanks to everybody tuning in tonight, Johnny. You guys are fantastic. Again, cards after dark. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your night, your evening. Drop a like on this video. Let's share it around the YouTube metaverse algorithm, 
all that jargon and uh, follow bull brock on twitter would you he's he's the best johnny venerable here damon dog behind the mic like and subscribe we're back phx cardinals on a wednesday see you tomorrow